Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. I am officially out of the electoral prognostication business. I am not interested in trying to predict how elections are going to go anymore, not after last year. The the only comfort I take in how wrong I was about how the election was gonna go last year is that I was in good company because pretty much everybody, you know, whether they were willing to publicly admit it or not, pretty much everybody thought that Trump was going to lose and that the Republicans were going to be in a lot of trouble last year. And it turned out to be 180 degrees different. And uh, kudos to those of you who predicted Don Allen uh, among them, friend of the show, Republican activist, uh, black activist in Minneapolis, who was on that Trump train from the very beginning and uh, was saying all along, you guys wait and see, you guys wait and see, you guys wait and see. And notably, with no substantial evidence whatsoever to back up his claim, but he turned out to be right, so you got to give it to him. Got to give it to him. And there, there were a handful of other folks who called it as well. Uh, John Justice on your morning show called it. So, you know, kudos to them. And I am, as a result, now completely out of predicting how elections are going to go. That said, we're inching closer and closer to 2018, and the question is, and it is an open question, that there is no certainty whatsoever in terms of what the scene is going to look like because we can't tell you what the scene's going to look like tomorrow we can't tell you what the scene's going to look like next week or next month things are constantly changing but it is interesting to witness the currents of political debate is too high-minded a word political mud slinging let's put it that way and uh the, the the news cycle and what have you it's interesting to watch those currents and try to forecast, however feebly, what effect it may have on next year's midterm elections. Closing argument, my name is Walter Hudson, Twin Cities News Talk, AM 1130, 103.5 FM. Catch us streaming at TwinCitiesNewsTalk.com and on your mobile device using the iHeartRadio app, where you can also catch up on our podcast. Just do a search for Closing Argument. Take you right to our channel we're here 9 to 11 weeknights. Appreciate you tuning in 651-989-5855 to talk to our producer, Brad Omlin, and get on the show. So I've got a handful of Trump-related stories here for you. I managed to get this far in the program uh, without uh, addressing the president in any manner other than uh, incidentally his, his reference in other stories. But we got a whole cluster of Trump stories here for you in this first segment of your 10 o'clock hour. First of all, from Vice News. Now, I'm going to read this to you, and the question that I'm throwing out is, do you believe it? Do you believe this story? Twice a day since the beginning of the Trump administration, a special folder is prepared for the president. The first document is prepared around 9.30 a.m., and the follow-up around 4.30 p.m., 
Former Chief of Staff Reince Priebus and former Press Secretary Sean Spicer both wanted the privilege of delivering the 20 to 25 page packet to President Trump personally, White House sources say. These sensitive papers, described to Vice News by three current and former White House officials, don't contain top-secret intelligence or updates on legislative initiatives. Instead, the folders are filled with screenshots of positive cable news chirons, those lower third headlines and crawls, admiring tweets, transcripts of fawning TV interviews, praise-field news stories, and sometimes just pictures of Trump on TV looking powerful. One White House official said the only feedback the White House communications shop, which prepares the folder, has ever gotten in all these months is, it needs to be more blanking positive. That's why some in the White House ruefully refer to the packet as the propaganda document. The process of assembling the folder begins at the Republican National Committee's war room, which has expanded from four to ten people since the GOP won the White House. A war room, both parties have one regardless of who's in the White House, is often tasked with monitoring local and national news, cable television, social media, digital media, and print media to see how the party, its candidates, or their opponents are being perceived. Beginning around 6 a.m. every weekday, the early start is a longtime war room tradition. Three staffers arrive at the RNC to begin monitoring the morning news on CNN, MSNBC, and Fox News as they scour the Internet and newspapers. Every 30 minutes or so, the staffers send the White House Communications Office an email with Chiron screenshots, tweets, news stories, and interview transcripts. White House staffers then call the information, send out clips to other officials, and push favorable headlines to a list of journalists. But they also pick out the most positive bits to give to the president. On days when there aren't enough positive Chirons, communication staffers will ask the RNC staffers for flattering photos <laughs> of the president. Maybe it's good for the country that the president is in a good mood in the morning, one former RNC official said. Oh, I, I'm obligated to continue talking, but it's really hard it's really hard after reading something like that to say anything at all as opposed to just collapsing into a face palm and shaking my head and laughing hysterically. So the question I put forward was, do you believe this story? And look, there's a genuine argument, there's a totally genuine case that it's BS, right? Because we don't know, once again, anonymous sources, right? Once again, potential leak from people who potentially have an agenda of some sort or another. So there's no telling whether or not this actually is true. And, uh, I, you know, Vice News, I, I don't know enough about them to have a, a well-developed sense of their credibility, but uh, they don't strike me as a tabloid. So, you know, if you want to take this with a huge grain of salt, that's fine. But I tend to believe it. I tend to believe it. And the reason why... I tend to believe it is because it fits into the pattern of known behavior, known rhetoric, known priority, and known focus. We're talking about a guy who gets up in front of the Boy Scouts and gives a speech about how awesome he is and how all of his political opponents suck and basically gives a campaign rally speech in front of kids ranging from, I don't know, I, 
Brad would know better than me, but you know, I'm guessing between the ages of like eight and 17 or something along those lines. Um, yeah, this seems very credible to me. The idea that, and plus the fact that you just look at how he, how Trump himself has almost single-handedly kept this Trump Russia thing up in the air because, and look, yeah. Is the, does, is the press out of their mind trying to pursue it? Of course they are. Of course they are. But if they, if they weren't being constantly fed new tweets, new statements, new things to report on, and new things for Mueller to investigate because they were said or because a narrative was countered or whatever the case may be, if you just stop feeding the beast, then the thing goes away. And even if it doesn't go away entirely, it's at least suppressed by the lack of oxygen fueling that fire, which Trump has 100% control of. But he can't do it. He can't let it go. He can't not say something about it. He can't not tweet early in the morning about the latest Russia speculation and feed that beast. He has to. And the reason why he has to is because he's obsessed with his image. He's obsessed with it. He's obsessed with his brand. He's obsessed with how he's seen. He's obsessed with maintaining his self-image. Forget about how other people see him. He cares about that too. But primarily, it's about his self-image, how he sees himself. And he turns to external sources. You know, he's sitting there as the president of the United States in the White House watching cable news in the morning, which strikes me as ridiculous. I got to think that there's things that the president of the United States is supposed to be doing above and beyond sitting there and watching Fox and Friends. But whatever, that's what he's doing, right? And the reason he's doing it is in order to feel good about himself. So in that context, it's totally credible to me that a couple times a day he has a dossier brought to him by one of his lackeys filled with screenshots that make him feel good. Doesn't bode too well for the rest of us, but uh, there it is. Conservatives might be having enough of it, though. From The Guardian. More Republicans will turn against Donald Trump and his politics of populism, a GOP senator and leading critic of the president has predicted as the Guardian surveys the conservative landscape 200 days into the Trump presidency. Jeff Flake of Arizona. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Among 17 conservative politicians, activists, officials, and pundits interviewed over two months revealed that while the president has given right-wing fringe groups a seat at the table, his alliance with his own party remains highly precarious. More of us will say, where does this lead? Where are we and what happens when we get off this sugar high of populism, said Flake, who believes the Republican Party abandoned its core principles and struck a Faustian bargain by embracing Trump in last year's election. What can we do on trade when supply chains get sent around us? Those have long-term ramifications, added the senator. This is not something that we can flirt with for four years and then quickly snap back. So I think I do think there needs to be more pushback. Trump, a former Democrat with no political experience, 
That's probably the most concise summary of Trump that I've seen in uh, in reporting recently. Rand is an anti-establishment candidate effectively staging a hostile takeover of the Republican Party. Indeed, in July 2015, former Texas Governor Rick Perry declared Donald Trump's candidacy is a cancer on conservatism and must be clearly diagnosed, excised, and discarded. Perry is now Trump's energy secretary. But... After months of facing criticism that they are too passive, lately congressional Republicans have flexed their muscles over threats from the White House directed at Jeff Sessions, the Attorney General, and Robert Mueller, the special counsel investigating Trump and Russia, as well as fresh sanctions against Moscow that Trump reluctantly was obligated to sign. And they go on to cite uh, another uh, a number of conservative commentators and uh, luminaries who have interesting things to say about the status quo that we find ourselves in. Finally, at the National Review, there's an article by uh, David French entitled The Ghost of Hillary Still Haunts Evangelicals. And uh, the gist of it is that he tells a story of attending a church and uh, talking about uh, giving his honest opinion about where we're at with the Trump administration and being approached afterwards by an older man uh, who, the the way French describes it is, he glared at me and said, you just wanted Hillary, right? And he's like, he says, conversations like this have happened time and again. It's the answer to all critics worried that Trump's team has lied about the extent of their contacts with Russia. Hillary concerned about chaos in the West Wing. Hillary alarmed at the failure of Obamacare repeal and the obvious lack of presidential leadership. Hillary. Oddly enough, this ongoing older generation Hillary obsession makes me less pessimistic about the long-term future of evangelical political engagement. And uh, what he hangs his hat on here is the notion that younger conservatives, younger Republicans get it. They understand that uh, this this rut that we find ourselves in is not going to lead us to long-term victory. If, by victory, you actually mean accomplishing something in public policy consistent with your principles, which... I, I don't know how else you could possibly define it in a meaningful way. Closing argument. My name is Walter Hudson. Twin Cities News Talk, AM 1130, 103.5 FM, 651-989-5855. To yell at me for what I say, A Couple programming notes for you. Tomorrow, in studio, I assume for the entire two hours, long absent friend of the show, Dave Binner, constitutional scholar, author of leather-bound books. Well, maybe not leather-bound, but at least one book. I actually think he's got two out now. He's got uh, the the hardcover um, Compact of the Republic, and uh, he's got a paperback, uh, the title of which escapes me at the moment, and he's going to be so ashamed. Hopefully he never hears this, uh, this introductory statement here. But he's going to be with us tomorrow night to give his unique perspective on not just the news of whatever happens tomorrow, but uh, everything we've been talking about since the last time he was on, which is quite a bit, and his perspective is always unique because he's... Lo- Dave Binner is the closest thing you can get to jumping in your DeLorean, going back in time, and plucking a founding father out of the 18th century and bringing him to the 21st to commentate on what's taking place. Because he knows how those guys thought, and he shares a lot of their opinions, and uh, he's he's eager to correct our perception when it's uh, overly clouded by historical revisionism. So I'm looking forward to having him in studio tomorrow. That's programming note number one. 
Number two, on uh, Thursday, the program uh, will be stepping aside so that you can enjoy uh, what I presume to be a preseason Vikings game. So, uh, yeah, there you go. Skull Vikings, that's what they say, right? Like, I don't know what that means, Skull. But... Skull is like a Norwegian word for cheers. Oh, word. There you go. <laughs> there it is. I, like I say, not into the sports, not into uh, the football. I am into Madden. I play a little little video game football, but apparently that doesn't count. doesn't get you very far. I actually thought about joining a fantasy league this year just so that I have that. It, it strikes me that that it kind of what, what that does is it provides you with some sort of incentive to pay attention if you actually have something at stake. You know, and so maybe if I do that, and my 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 motivation here isn't for my own sake. It's not because I want to care about football, but it's because I got two little boys, and uh, one of which is extraordinarily male and uh, loves to run around outside and and wrestle and fight. So it it strikes me that getting him into football might be a good idea. So maybe the old man should learn a thing or two about it. Closing argument. My name is Walter Hudson. Twin Cities News Talk AM eleven thirty one zero three five FM. TwinCitiesNewsTalk.com, 651-989-5855. So we may be going to war with North Korea, which is something that we've said on the program far too often in recent months, but it's never any less true every single time we say it. Uh, This comes to us from USA Today. North Korea said Monday it will launch thousands-fold revenge against the United States after the United Nations imposed new sanctions on Pyongyang for its nuclear and missile programs. You know, Kim Jong-un, sound, it, it's like his statements are written by whoever did the screenplay for, like, Lex Luthor in the 70s Superman films. He always sounds like, or going further back, the 60s Bond villains. I mean, he just he, he sounds like a caricature of himself. The statement came after the U.N. Security Council unanimously approved tough new U.S.-drafted sanctions Saturday, including a ban on coal and other exports worth over $1 billion. We are ready to retaliate with far bigger actions and make the U.S. pay a price for its crime against our country and people, the reclusive nation warned. The official Korean news agency reported it said it would take a stern action of justice. North Korea regularly uses flamboyant language to make threats against the U.S. and the West. Secretary of State Rex Tillerson said Monday that the North could show it is ready for dialogue by stopping the missile test. The best signal that North Korea could give us is that they're prepared to talk uh, would be to stop these missile launches, he said, according to the Washington Post. Tillerson made the comments as he attended the annual Association of Southern Asian Nations meeting in Manila. So that's what Tillerson had to say. A pretty downbeat, sober, rational response to a flamboyant, cartoonish threat from a sad little man. Contrast that with today's news from The Guardian. Donald Trump has vowed to respond to North Korea with fire and fury if it makes any more threats to attack the United States. Trump's comments came after Pyongyang threatened physical retaliation for new United Nations sanctions, and on a day when fresh evidence emerged that the North Koreans have overcome one of the last major technical obstacles being able to hit the U.S. or Western Europe with nuclear-armed missiles. North Korea best not make any more threats to the United States, Trump told journalists at his club in Bedminster, New Jersey. They will be met with fire and fury like the world has never seen. 
The, I, if if you were to just read this, and again, it's 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 it is like an old school kind of good guy, bad guy, white hat, black hat, comic booky screenplay is what this plays out at. And like, if you didn't know that this was Donald Trump saying this, you could easily sell it as you know, I don't know, the, the guy in charge of Shield. Right. Or Nick Fury. Right. Fire and fury is going to rain down from the sky, you know. And listen, I don't mean to suggest that it's somehow inappropriate. Look, I like this language. You know, I, I laugh because it's it's kind of comical in, in how it comes across as you read it. But I like the fact that we actually have a president who's willing to say, hey, if you step up against us and, and you present a threat, we are going to put you down. We are going to neutralize you as a threat. And as you continue here at The Guardian, they say experts on North Korea have warned that aggressive rhetoric could backfire on Trump, convincing Kim Jong-un that his regime is in imminent jeopardy and triggering what he sees as a preemptive attack. All of that presumes, and there's a little bit of kind of Neville. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. When you drive a vehicle so reliable it's backed by a 10-year, 100,000-mile limited warranty, you stop thinking about what you can't do and start doing what you never thought possible. Visit your local Kia dealer today to see what you're capable of in a vehicle that inspires confidence around every corner. Kia, movement that inspires. Call 800-333-4KIA for details. Always drive safely. Limited inventory available. Warranties include 10-year, 100,000-mile powertrain and 5-year, 60,000-mile basic. Warranties are limited. See retailer for details. Chamberlain-esque thought process and philosophy being employed there. Because because that assumes that you're dealing with somebody who's in some way rational, right? It assumes that you're dealing with somebody who is not intent upon engaging in destructive behavior. You know, the, the part of why the Cold War remained, for the most part, cold was because in that case, our global adversary was a, a body, a state that, generally speaking— had a desire for self-preservation and a sense of order. They just wanted to be in charge of the order, right? There, there was a certain amount of, th there were lines they weren't willing to cross. They would step right up to them. They would push a little bit. They would add some pressure, but they weren't going to endanger themselves. They weren't going to endanger their own interests. And that, that provided a context that, while certainly, you know, perplexing at times, was nonetheless quasi-rational. North Korea isn't like that. Iran isn't like that, right? The, the Palestinian Authority is not like that. ISIS is not like that. These are not people who deal in rationality or who have an overriding concern with their own self-preservation or the preservation of others and you know, the sanctity of life. They don't believe in that stuff. And so the presumption that, you know, if, if you act tough, you're going to drive them into thinking that you're going to attack them preemptively, I just don't buy into it. Now, what I, what I do think needs to happen 
is that if you're gonna if you're gonna do what Trump is doing, if you're gonna posture like you're ready to bring fire and fury down in the event that they continue on the path that they're going, you better be ready to actually do it. Because that's the mistake that Obama made, right? Going back to, what was it, Syria, where he drew the red line, and then Assad was just stepped over it, just, you know, said, oh, yeah, and then just took the step. What are you going to do now, Obama? And the answer was a big, fat nothing. You can play that card once, and once you lose your credibility, it doesn't work anymore. So, you know, I don't want I don't want to see war, don't get me wrong. I don't want to see it. But what I do want to see is first of all, credibility on the national stage when we're dealing with our adversaries. And two, if the need actually does objectively arise, a fast and definitive defeat of any who would come up against us and threaten the lives of American citizens. Closing argument, my name's Walter Hudson, Twin Cities News Talk, AM 1130, 103.5 FM, Let me take you on a journey to a very deeply libertarian place. We're going to talk about roads. Roads and whether or not government is necessary to produce them and maintain them. We're not going to get too deep into to the particulars of that, but we are going to consider a story here that indicates the inherent deficiency with government be, being in mon, monopolistic charge of our transportation system. Closing argument, my name is Walter Hudson, Twin Cities News Talk, AM 1130, 103.5 FM, 651-989-5855 to join us. Brad Omlin producing the show, taking your calls. TwinCitiesNewsTalk.com and your iHeartRadio app, two ways to stream the program, 9 to 11 weeknights. You can catch up on the podcast right there in your iHeartRadio app. Just do a search for closing argument. Quora is the source we're going to hear, and there's a commentary regarding why some libertarians have a problem with bicycle lanes. They take up parking spaces on already narrow streets, they write. They show a picture of downtown Pittsburgh. There's no parking on this street, but there's a bike lane about the width of a parking lane. Downtown, like where people need to go do stuff or swing by quickly or drive or park or generally use automobiles. So if I need to stop and run in somewhere, I need to park blocks away where there actually are parking spots or I have to pay to park at a garage or on a lot. They're also just silly examples of public choice insights. Do you know any bikers who won't shut up about being bikers? I do. And they vote and organize and put on events for fellow bikers. So if a mayoral candidate comes along and says, I'll put in more bike lanes, what you'll see is this. A small slice of people who love the idea and will definitely vote based on this issue. An even smaller slice of people who hate the idea and will vote based on the issue. A big chunk of people who think that sounds neat and cool and hip and aren't thinking about how awful it will be to park downtown now. And uh, they either won't vote or they'll vote in favor of the idea. And so on and so forth. And the net result being that a candidate has a disproportionate interest in appealing to these bike folks in lieu of other people. In other words, you come up with solutions which are motivated by politics rather than by actual market need. And, of course, we see example after example after example of this where, and we talked about it, uh, we had uh, a representative from the Center of the American Experiment in here on the program to talk about the Met Council. 
and the ways in which they are trying to artificially corral us into living in the urban core by making it increasingly difficult to get around in a motorized vehicle, which is, is of course, absurd. Because, you know, look, even if you believe, even if you believe that we're facing catastrophic anthropogenic climate change and we absolutely positively must do something in order to curb greenhouse gases, even if that's your perspective, the idea that we're somehow going to make things better by facilitating less traffic flow is pretty ridiculous because the fact of the matter is we have the reason why we have the number of vehicles on the street that we do, which isn't just all people going to work, right? Like that's the other sort of built-in assumption that seems to inform the, these trains over lanes is that everybody's coming and going to work. That's the only reason everybody get, only reason anybody ever gets on the road. Never mind all those semi trucks. Never mind all that freight that travels. Just forget all of that. Let's just focus on the people who are going back and forth to work. They can use the train, right? And if they can use the train, then that's going to get cars off the road and that's going to make things better. But that doesn't do the, the commuter train, the light rail, doesn't do anything whatsoever for cargo, doesn't do anything whatsoever for freight. And the reason why we have all this traffic is to support the, the level of human life that we have in this metro area, in this state, to support a thriving and surviving human race. That's why we have it. And a market, as opposed to government, a market would actually respond to the needs of that population, including the actual objective need to maintain the climate, to maintain the environment. It would respond to those needs in an efficient way, communicated through price, right? Government does not. Government doesn't care about price. Government doesn't care about market needs. Government doesn't care about whether or not you need a place to park downtown, they care about who's going to get them elected next cycle. And as is pointed out here in this article at Quora, and the, the folks who are able to rally around bicyclist causes uh, or to represent those causes are more likely in these urban areas to get political support. And that's why you see bike lanes instead of parking lanes, which is pretty absurd. Even more absurd, brought to us by the incomparable Matt Walsh over at The Blaze, Liberal science says that a pregnant woman is a man, but the human in her womb isn't a person. <laughs> what? Oh, man. It's true. Walsh writes, I returned from vacation this week to see dozens of headlines in mainstream news outlets, outlets proclaiming something miraculous. A man has given birth to a baby. Of course, the one very slight problem with these headlines is that they aren't true and can never be true. The, quote, trans man, unquote, who birthed the child is actually a woman. Granted, a woman who takes hormone pills and wears men's shirts, but still a woman. If we were to adjust the headline to make it accurate, it would have to read like this. Woman with inordinate amount of facial hair gives birth to baby. Or just this. Woman does thing that billions of women throughout history have also done. If CNN is going to report that a man gave birth, they may as well report that a six-foot-tall rodent was spotted hugging children at Disney World. The fact that the giant friendly rat is actually a dude in a costume is about as relevant to the story as the fact that the pregnant man is actually a woman in a flannel, which is to say it's very relevant. 
One might even say necessary. One might even go further to say that only a liar or a lunatic would recount the shenanigans of a cartoon character as if it were a real biological creature or write headlines about a man giving birth as if a man actually gave birth. And this analogy works in more ways than one because transgenderism has turned the sexes into something like mascots. It has made maleness and femaleness into costumes that a person can put on or take off when they please. But in this masquerade ball, we must all pretend that the masquerade is not a masquerade. We must act as though the man or woman in the suit is actually the suit. Perhaps CNN will soon be sending journalists to Halloween parties to earnestly report the urgent news that Dracula and Harley Quinn were spotted sitting together on a sofa and drinking spiked apple cider. Maybe they'll report live from the scene of an NFL game in Atlanta where a massive falcon has just flown into the stadium to cheer on the home team and engage in various hijinks. And uh, it goes on in this way. And, you know, as incisive and provocative as Walsh can be uh, on this issue, he ain't wrong. He ain't wrong in the least. And, you know, it's, it's been a recurring theme throughout the show tonight. You know, we talked about uh, earlier the, the advertisement or the, the tweet that was put out by an airline uh, celebrating uh, LGBT, the LGBT community, um, by depicting their seatbelts in, in male-to-male, female-to-female, and then finally male-to-female uh, configuration and saying, doesn't matter how you click, as long as you do, well, it turns out only one of those click physically in the real world, right? There, and what it reflects is this, this package deal whereby you have to buy, it's not enough to say, like, for instance, with this transgenderism thing, it's not enough to say, you know what? I think it's weird, but whatever you want to do, you can do, which is my position, right? That's the, I, I think that's a fair characterization of the libertarian position. You can do what you want to do. I don't have to agree with it. I can think it's nuts. You can think it's the best thing since sliced bread. I go my way. You go your way. Everybody's happy, right? You can't just say that. That's not good enough for the left. You have to celebrate. You have to affirm. You have to respect. You have to approve of and promote a crazy idea. No, thank you. Closing argument. My name is Walter Hudson. Twin Cities News Talk, AM 1130, 1135 FM, A Couple of entertainment-related headlines to uh, take you out on the last segment of the show tonight. Closing argument. My name is Walter Hudson. Twin Cities News Talk, AM 1130, 1035-FM, 651-989-5855 to join the conversation. From the Star Tribune, this is interesting, not entirely unexpected news. Every once in a while, you'll you'll see a headline or a news story will come up that it surprises you in the sense that you weren't expecting to see it. But when you think about it for a couple of seconds, you realize that makes a lot of sense. And I'm actually kind of surprised this hasn't happened already. With new streaming services in the works, Disney is trying to set itself up for a future that's largely been framed by Netflix, providing the stuff you want to watch when you want to watch it. The Magic Kingdom is launching its own streaming service for its central Disney and Pixar brands and another for live sports. That would allow it to bypass the cable companies it relies on and Netflix to charge consumers directly for access to its popular movies and sporting events. They're bringing the the future forward. 
<clears throat> what they talked about were things that looked inevitable at some point, said Pivotal Research Group analyst Brian Weiser. What's less clear is if Disney will be able to make big bucks from it, he said. This is important as the decline in cable households and the shift to smaller, cheaper bundles pressures the profitability of Disney's cable networks. Fewer subscribers and fewer viewers mean less money. In the nine months through July 1st, cable networks' operating income fell 13% from the year before to $4.12 billion. It, it was interesting to me when Disney made the decision that they were going to team up with Netflix and they were going to start running their uh, recently released movies on the streaming service because that struck me as because you know disney properties you're talking about marvel you're talking about star wars you know you can you can stream rogue one on netflix right now you can stream doctor strange on uh, civil war captain america civil war on netflix right now and if that's the case what reason do you have to ever go out and buy their blu-rays right and it strikes me as an odd business decision but at the same time this is the direction things are going, and I think it has more to do, as this article points out, has much more to do with the television side of things, the cable side of things, than anything else. The, the cable companies, I don't know how they're going to last. And pre pretty much the, the only thing that seems to be propping them up right now is their kind of dual status as ISPs slash television service providers and the fact that they have this huge monopoly uh, in terms of the, the access. There isn't a lot of competition in the Internet space. And that seems to be propping them up. But, you know, as soon as people are able to, well, and we're already there. I've been, we've been cableless, cordless for quite some time in our household. And uh, increasingly, that's the direction people are going. I think it's a good move on Disney's part. And uh, it'll be interesting to see what they come up with. It certainly uh, is going to be fascinating to see what impact that this has on uh, the entertainment industry going forward. From the Hollywood Reporter. Two years after signing off CBS The Late Show, David Letterman is returning to the small screen. The longest-serving host in U.S. late-night TV history is set to top-line a new talk show for Netflix. Speaking of streaming services, the untitled six-episode series will premiere in 2018. Unlike The Late Show, each hour-long episode of the Netflix series will be pre-recorded, obviously, and feature Letterman conducting long-form conversations with a singular guest as well as exploring topics on his own outside of the studio. A guest list has not yet been revealed. I feel excited and lucky to be working on this project for Netflix. Here's what I've learned. If you retire to spend more time with your family, check with your family first. Thanks for watching Drive Safely, Letterman said Tuesday in a statement. Well, he's still funny, so he's got that going for him. Uh, I was never, I, I don't think, I think the last time I sat down to watch late night television was when I was in my parents' house. I'm talking you know, a couple of decades ago, the last time I actually sat down to watch it live, like as it was playing across broadcast television. I, I don't understand how these programs are, are still a thing nowadays. And uh, presumably they're maintained more by the, the, their YouTube channels than they are by their actual broadcasts nowadays. Well, they're killing themselves just by all focusing on politics too. Yeah. Um, and I, I haven't watched it. Like, I watched, started watching Colbert when he first came on because I thought he was funny from a show. But then once I realized it's just all Trump jokes, not that I don't like Trump jokes, but, right. like, that's all it is. Yeah, I mean, and that's the thing is it's not like Hollywood has ever been anything other than left-leaning. But they, 
least used to mix it up a little bit. And nowadays, Fallon, Jimmy Fallon, I can't remember the exact instant incident, but he got raked over the coals for being, oh, he because he had Trump on. That's what it was. Mm-hmm. He had Trump on and interviewed him, and he got raked over the coals by his fellow Hollywood liberals for not being you know, more bombastic and you know confrontational. And it's like, this it, it's a presidential candidate. Actually, at the time, I think it was, he was had been elected president of the United States. You're having the president of the United States on your show. I don't care what you think about his policies or him. You be respectful. You respect the office and what have you. But apparently that's something that's beyond the, the pale in uh, today's left-wing world. From Politico, shifting back into the political sphere with a little bit of a local angle here, President Donald Trump has tweeted 29 times since a bomb exploded at a mosque in Bloomington, Minnesota on Saturday, but he has not weighed in to address the shaken Muslim community near the Twin Cities. The Department of Homeland Security on Saturday condemned the attack, which did not result in any injuries, but Trump himself has not, instead tweeting criticisms of senators and the media, as well as threatening tough and decisive action regarding North Korea. The White House did not respond to requests for comment Tuesday. National Security aide Sebastian Gorka, however, said Tuesday that it is prudent for Trump to hold off on commenting because the ideological motive behind the attack isn't known. There's a great rule. All initial reports are false, Gorka said in an interview with MSNBC uh, on Tuesday. You have to check them. You have to find out who the perpetrators are. Speaking from the White House press briefing room, Gorka's main criticism was that the far right is falsely accused of hate crimes. We've had a series of crimes committed, alleged hate crimes by white right-wing individuals in the last six months that turned out to actually have been perpetrated by the left, he said. So let's wait and see. Now, I'm of two minds on this. On the one hand, I absolutely agree with the premise that you should wait until you have more information before you wade as a political personage or an elected official into prognostications or or statements regarding the morality of any incident that has taken place. You know, it would have been nice if Mark Dayton had done that with the Philando Castile thing. At the same time, Trump is not known for his restraint. So it is. it remains noteworthy that he hasn't said anything about this, although I don't know what it is you should be saying right now. Closing argument. My name is Walter Hudson, Twin Cities News. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.